Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Concord, Massachusetts, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the sweet anthocyanic truth and the noble rotted fungus of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for live in-studio audience. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. You said that already, Lisa. We can move on to... And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Oh, dear. I think there's some buffering or something going on. I'm just going to give you a gentle tap on the back. And now... (laughs) Oh, thank you, Deborah. I... uh... Uh, needed that. Anytime. I think I just had a listener question lodged in my confluency capacitor. Uh, I'll play it uh, for you so it doesn't get stuck again. Good idea. Hi, Lisa. I am teenager from China, but you can call me Emily. And I just want to know if you have a favorite sound effect and what that sound effect is. Thanks for that question, Emily. Do you have a favorite sound effect? Do you, Lisa? Wow, that's a tough one. It's like asking parents if they have a favorite... Child? No, I was going to say remote control. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay, but... uh... Yeah, as far as sound effects go, Emily, I keep coming back to the classics, you know, centipede marching band playing tubas while marching on bubble wrap. (laughs) Or ostriches yodeling underwater. Oh, who doesn't love the fan favorite, licorice, becoming aware that it's licorice? Wow, those are pretty spectacular sound effects. I don't think I've heard any of them before now. Well, they're kind of for special occasions. You know, they take a lot of memory to run, and uh, most of the occasions you're at aren't too special. Okay, well, answering our listeners' questions is definitely a special occasion. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. And another special occasion sound effect would be when you tell people how our game works. How about it? Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah, we don't need a special occasion for that one. We just need to be at that point in our show when you ask me how to tell everyone how our game works. Uh, right. Like now, for instance. Oh, uh, like now. Oh, right. Like, like now. That's what you're saying. Also, by the way, Deborah. Mm. 
Every occasion with you is special. Oh, I feel the same. Thank you. Sweet, thank you. Also, yes. every week we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other a liar. <laughs> and it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. No one. Mm. We have run the studies and the tests, and the evidence is overwhelming. <laughs> what are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about grapes. Berries grown in clusters on grapevines. Oh, oh, I've got the perfect sound effect for that one. Here's the sound effect of a robot eating grapes. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, these are good grapes. Okay, but that's not really a sound effect, Lisa. You're just eating grapes. Yes, but can you hear me making the sounds while I'm eating them? Bam! Sound effects. This is how we do it. Okay, fair. All right, well, we're going to learn about those grapes you're eating along with our contestant. So, Lisa, could you please tell us who our contestant is today? Our human child contestant is Billy Idolish. Wait, uh, this can't be right. Oh, no. Our human child <laughs> contestant is a fifth grader who loves Billie Eilish and making jewelry, Ayla Corin. Welcome, Ayla. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Say, uh, you love Billie Eilish? I do, too. Do you have a favorite song? I like Bellyache, mm. which I feel like it's one of her less popular songs, but it's really good. I'll play it right now. Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that ice cream. I think I'm lactose intolerant. I got a belly ache. Oi. I'm pretty sure that's not how that goes. Yeah, that's not how it goes. Oh, that's Billy Joel. That's Billy Joel. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay, and you like to make jewelry. Tell us, what kind of jewelry do you make, Ayla? I like to make earrings. I'm actually wearing some. I made these. (gasps) Well, our listeners can't see, but those are beautiful. How did you make those? So I take this piece of wire and I have all these different beads. So I put the beads onto the wire and then I have these special round nosed pliers and I make like a loop at the top and then I put on an earring hook and yeah. Beautiful. Well, those are delightful. Do you give those away as gifts or do you sell them? I give them away as gifts, and I keep some. Sounds like Deborah's trying to get some presents. (laughs) No, I was just thinking they're so pretty. She could absolutely sell them if she wanted to. Do you give them away as gifts? I don't know. To podcast hosts, (laughs) maybe? I I don't know. No, that's not what I meant. But they are very pretty. Sheesh, Deborah. (laughs) Well, Ayla, we would like to know some more fun facts about you, but... We're going to do it by playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. You are going to share with us three facts. Two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie. Lisa and I and anybody listening to the show will try to figure out which one is the lie. And then if you're a good liar, then you might just be a good fib finder too. So Ayla, what are your three facts? So my first one is I go to a French immersion school. My second one is I went to preschool at a zoo. And my third one is I am a vegetarian. Wow, I didn't know there were schools and zoos. Hmm, what do you think about all of those, Lisa? Well, this is what I'm thinking, Deborah. Yes, please. Let's, for a moment, consider that maybe she did go to a preschool at a zoo. Okay. You have to say let's. Let's. Thank you. Now, if this were true, at that zoo, she would have encountered a number of vegetarians. We call them herbivores. You know, your zebras, your elephant, that kind of thing. So it's very possible that while she was being raised as a uh, giraffe in the zoo, that she became a vegetarian. 
Uh-huh. So those two go together pretty nicely. Okay. Now you get to the third one, the French immersion school. Immersion is to be dipped into something. <laughs> so are we to believe that she is being dipped into French people? Mm. I do not think so. <laughs> think this so. one is clearly the lie. <laughs> Thank you for playing. Mm. I'll see you next time. Wow, I don't even know what to say about any of that, so I won't. I will just ask Ayla which one of those facts is the lie. Lisa got it right. I don't (gasps) go to French immersion school. I told you! (laughs) Because you would be dipped into French people? No, that's not a lie. You cannot dip a kid into (laughs) French people. Oh my gosh, that's a great lie, Ayla, I have to say. So you went to preschool at a zoo? Yeah, so when I was three, me and my family went to Argentina. We lived there for six months. Wow. And I went to this preschool, so it was like a zoo, and then there was like a little preschool. Very cool. So every day going to school, I saw the bears, and going home, I saw the hippos. Wow. (laughs) That's so neat. I love that. At which point, she began to identify as a capybara, (laughs) which is a vegetarian animal in South America, and that's why she's a vegetarian. (laughs) Our first expert is Daryl Blodgett. Daryl, please introduce yourself to Ayla. Uh, Hi, my name is Daryl Blodgett. I am author of book 101 Uses for Grapes and the manager of horticulture and operations at the Emerald Sky Vineyard. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Justine Vandenhuvel. Justine, please introduce yourself to Ayla. Hi there, Ayla. My name is Justine Vandenhuvel, and I am a professor of horticulture who specializes in grapevines. Thank you very much. Okay, tell us about those sounds you've picked off the vine, Lisa. Oh, I plucked them freshly. It's hot seat time. (laughs) That is correct. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Ayla's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? I choose Justine because her name begins with just. Mm. And it's one of my favorite words because you can say stuff like, just give me the ice cream, okay? Or um, (laughs) just give me the rhinoceros, okay? Mm -hmm. Or like, just give me a rhinoceros eating ice cream, okay? (laughs) Okay. That's the obvious reason. Sure, of course. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ayla, what is your first question that you will direct to Justine? My first question is, what is your job? So my job is a professor of horticulture. So I teach a couple of different courses about grapevines. One is called the science of grapevines and the other is called advanced viticulture. And then I also do research on grapevines as well. Okay. My next question is for Daryl. And what is a normal day like at your job? Yeah, absolutely. I oversee our four horticulture divisions. Um, You have floriculture, floristry, nursery production, architectural horticulture, and I just make sure that all of our grapes are taken care of to the best of our abilities. And I also fancy myself an author. So um, I love researching, uh, finding out new things. I'm working on something right now about tomatoes as well, because I found some really cool stuff about that as well. He's lying. They're called tomatoes. (laughs) He's the liar. I nailed it right away. (laughs) Okay. Just ignore him, Ayla. Continue. Okay. My next question for both of you is, what is the most interesting fact about grapes? Mm. Who would like to take that first? Absolutely. So um, I think 
There's a lot of uses and facts about grapes that I really think are are super cool and special. But I think one of the things that I like the most is there are many uses in the medical field. There are so many different versatile uses that are coming out, like that they can help improve with eye problems, heart disease, big stuff like that, all the way down to little things like hiccups. Recently, I discovered that there is research gone into if you have hiccups, grapes can fix that pretty easily, believe it or not. Wow. That's true. Yeah, you just eat a whole bunch of grapes for like 45 minutes and then you're done. Ooh, that's a lot of grapes. 45 minutes of grapes. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, you want the hiccups or no? (laughs) Fair. Okay. (laughs) I think the most interesting thing about grapes is that people have been growing them for about 8,000 years now. They've actually been around longer, closer to 65 million years, but we have evidence from about 8,000 thousand years ago that people were growing them over in the Caucasus region. Where is that? So um, Georgia. So not Georgia the state, but Georgia the country. Oh, okay. My next question is for Daryl. What is the weirdest or most interesting thing that has happened at your job? I have a really interesting one. So our the vineyard that I work at actually has a reputation for being um, slightly haunted. What? Just slightly haunted. <laughs> yeah, just a little haunted, you know. <laughs> and I've never been super into it or believed in it, you know, too much. But we had one night where these kids came in after we closed, uh, you know, had flashlights trying to look around, find ghosts, what have you. And I saw them on our cameras. I went out to there to tell them they need to leave. And as they were explaining to me they were there to see the ghosts, one of the bulbs in their flashlight exploded. Ooh. Yes, so that was extremely frightening. What are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> that was just a coincidence. It was the ghost of grapes? Or grapes past. The ghost <laughs> of grapes past, sure. Okay. My next question is for Justine. How does climate change affect grapes? That is a grape question. <laughs> um, so climate change has a very significant impact on grapes. So if we think about West Coast versus East Coast of the United States, West Coast, there's two major problems. There's drought, meaning they aren't getting enough rain now. And there's the fire risk as well with the wildfires. In the East Coast, our biggest problems are more variability in the temperatures through the winter. And that causes problems with the grapes in the spring. They'll push their buds early and then they'll get hit by frost. Yeah. Or the other problem is excessive rain events. We're getting a lot of rain in a short period of time. And that's not good for the vineyards because it starts to wash some of the soil away. So climate change is a significant threat for vineyards. Oh, dear. I have one more question. What's like the weirdest way you've eaten or drank in grapes? Or like the weirdest grape you've ever had? Oh, and that's for both of you. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I can remember the weirdest grape I've ever had, but I've had some very interesting grapes. One of the best things I get to do for my job is to travel to some different wine regions around the world. And there are some places like Greece or southern Italy where they grow so many unique varieties of grapes. And I get to try things over there just right from the vine or from the bottle that are completely different than the varieties of grapes that we grow here. That would be really cool, I bet. Mm -hmm. I would say we had uh, someone drop a bunch of specialty wines off at our, our vineyard one time and it's actually a very rare form of grape. It's called the Cabaregio. It's it's a combination between the, the Pinot Grigio grape and the, the Cabernet Franc grape. And so it was very tasty. It was a wonderful, wonderful wine. And I think that was probably a little special. Are there any grapes that are not sweet? Oh, there, yeah, there's tons. Taco grapes? There, 
No taco grapes, but uh, the flanol grape that mm-hmm. is grown in the uh, Napa Valley, actually, is a really good one off the top of my head that's not super sweet. And it tastes like flannel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's closer than you think. It's closer than you think. <laughs> <laughs> or there are grapes that have really high acidity, so they aren't perceived as being as sweet because the acids are so strong that the sugar is there, but you don't really notice it. Hmm. An example would be Elvira. Thank you very much. Those were great questions. Very good. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust, Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, and this is when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa's going to set a timer for the first expert, and then Ayla will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds, and then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, let's jam. Ayla, you can ask Daryl your Shorts on Fire questions now. What color is the juice of a red grape? Oh, for table grapes, there's not really any color to it, but in wine grapes, it'd be more of a red. What do you call grapevines that last for more than one year? Plants in general that grow for a while are perennials, but wine vines specifically are uh, duivites. What is the name of the 40-foot-tall purple gorilla in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Uh, my guess would be George. <laughs> How do you grow grapes from seedless grapes if you can't plant any seeds? Well, they're actually uh, modified, uh, and more like a how a you know a banana doesn't have seeds, that sort of a thing. They grow from the, the stem on the top. 
Where was the oldest known grapevine found? That is Slovakia, I believe, and that was around 500 years old. What is another name for a golden raisin? Golden raisins are sultanas, uh, but actually a funny fact in Australia, where they uh, dry them without uh, the drying solution, they're called vendimias. What shape and color is the moondrop grape? That one is a very beautiful dark blue, and it looks sort of like an eggplant shape. How many square miles on Earth are used to grow grapes? It's around 49,000 square miles, I believe. And that is time. That's all the time we got. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. Don't apologize. We only get so much time. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. Lisa, can you please reset the timer? (laughs) (sighs) Done. Oh, ouch. Oh, my gosh. All right. Ayla, you are now going to ask Justine her shorts on fire questions now. What do you call a dried grape? A raisin. When I want to give dogs a treat, can I feed them grapes? Absolutely not. Grapes and raisins are toxic for dogs. Do not give your dog grapes or raisins. What grape do we use to make purple grape juice? That's the Concord grape. How many species of grapes are there? There's about 60 different species in vitis of grapes. What color are white grapes? Well, they're really kind of yellow, aren't they? If you think about white grape juice, it's really yellow. What is the largest grape whose name means giant mountain grape? Pass. Which country grows the most grapes? Spain, I believe. Well, I don't know about total grapes, but Spain grows the most wine grapes. What is the title of the 1939 novel about farm workers during the Great Depression? Grapes of Wrath by Steinbeck. What kind of grape can grow in Alaska? None. Are there wine grapes that are native to America? There are. There's muscadines that are grown in the Carolinas, and they are used for wine. And that is time. That's all the time. That's it. Sorry. Well done. It's decision time. Ayla must cluster all the facts she's heard today and decide which expert is really two grapes short of a fruit salad. Ayla, who is our big fibber? I think... It's Daryl, because there were some facts during the Shorts on Fire round that weren't true. I see. A stickler for facts, are you? Let's see if you are correct. Will the actual grapes expert please say, I am the grape expert? I am the grape expert, Ayla. Oh, you've Whoa. done it, Ayla. Good work. You did it. That is correct. Yes, Justine Vandenhuvel is a professor in the School of Integrative Plant Sciences at Cornell University. Her research teaching focuses on the science of wine grape production. Very good, Ayla. All right, let's do some fact-checking. Justine, what lies did Daryl tell that made you feel like whining? Well, to my knowledge, there is no grape called Cabaruggio, but there should be because it's a great <laughs> name for a wine grape. I disagree that flanel is a wine grape in Napa, nor mm-hmm. is it a good name for a wine grape. Um, <laughs> he said that in wine grapes, the juice is red, which is not correct. In most red wine grapes, the juice is actually clear. Mm. He said something about duovides and, well, he was sort of right, Daryl. Good work on prop propagating grapes, it's a little bit like banana, I think, in that it's propagated vegetatively. Mm, But bananas do have seeds, by the way. He said that like bananas don't have seeds. They do have little teeny seeds. That's true. I started lying about fruit and I couldn't stop. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) And the moondrop grapes, do we know that one, Justine? I know nothing about moondrop grapes. (laughs) That one I was honest on. They're actually a very beautiful 
looking grape. Little like eggplant oval shape and dark blue. Yeah, I just discovered those too. They're very interesting and very sweet. Very cool. And then the number of square miles on the earth to grow grapes. Do we know that? Was that correct? It is not correct. No. Yes. Let's bring that over to you. Daryl, which of your facts were more like sour grapes? So um, it is Slovenia, not Slovakia, where the oldest grapevine is found. The square miles on Earth to grow grapes is actually around 29,000 square miles, not 49,000. Wow, that's still a lot of miles. It is a lot of miles. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, um, oh yeah, the Golden Rays. I said something about um, it, Australia having a different name. Yes, you said it was Sultana, which is correct, but then you said some other name. like. Yes, Australia does, though. I thought that was pretty interesting. Some of their grapes they use without a drying solution to turn into Sultanas. Um, so I just made up a name for that. And then in the four areas of horticulture, I tried to throw that in at the beginning. The last one is not architectural horticulture. It is landscape horticulture. Oh. And grapes do not cure hiccups. And I think that is it. Oh. (laughs) What? No, that one's true. You eat them for 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Now, just for fun, the name of the 40-foot-tall purple gorilla in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon is named Grape Ape. Mm. That's his name. But we do want to reiterate, we should not give dogs grapes. They are not good for dogs. Right, Justine? That is correct. Even if they say please. Even if they say please. Say it's for your own good. No, we shan't. And the large grape whose name means giant mountain grape is the Kyoho grape. Oh, I've seen that grape. I didn't know what that name meant. That's a good fact for me to know. Thank you. Very good. You're welcome. All right, then. We can all learn something here today. All right. That was very well done. Congratulations, Ayla. You did a very fine job. It is time to wind down. Thanks to our contestant, Ayla, for her fruitful investigation. Thank you to our expert and liar, Justine and Daryl, and to Lisa, a sound effects robot never to be superseded. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where finding truth is our raison d'etre and where we leave lies dead on the vine. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. Also, hey, follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. Also, nobody mentioned cotton candy grapes, and those are delicious. Mention them. I did. Now. Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.